Tony D., author of Your Case for Love, the book, founder of The Bypass Method, helping you bypass the wrong person so you can get to the right person this time. Also, the co-host of Your Case for Love, the podcast. Hi, I'm Liz Merriweather, life coach, psychotherapist, and co-host of Your Case for Love podcast. Welcome to Your Case for Love. In this episode, we're going to introduce you to Dr. Aaron Mayfield, who we affectionately call Dr. Aaron. Dr. Aaron is going to be featured in a mini-series over the course of the next several episodes, and you'll see why in just a minute. Dr. Aaron? Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here on your podcast. It's just really an honor to share this time with you and with Liz. So, um, so I'm a physician whose passion is lifestyle medicine. I am a retired gynecologist. I practiced in the Covington and Conyers, Georgia area for almost 30 years. And those are suburbs of Atlanta. Uh, we moved to Pensacola, Florida. And, um, and in the process of um, getting my medical license, I had an accident which required shoulder surgery and gave me a lot of time to read. That's how I discovered lifestyle medicine. Growing up, I had very loving parents. However, my father was a very angry man, and he, he had a lot of issues from his childhood. He, um, he grew up in the Depression. He was out on the streets when he was six years old, collecting trash, trying to bring home pennies to help support his family. So he had a really hard life, and um, there was a lot of anger there, a lot of anger that was never processed until he was quite elderly. Um, so, so when I was growing up, he verbally abused my mom and I was very defensive of her. So there was this codependent relationship with, between the two of us, which really extended to me, with me into adulthood. So when I married the first time, I also married into a codependent relationship and the man that I love turned out to be an alcoholic. Uh, we you know, struggled for years and he finally volunteered to go to rehab which, you know, I congratulate him for that. And it was rough, but that's when I really learned about all of my emotional problems and how I contributed to the relationship, how my codependency contributed to his alcoholism and how I really supported him in doing that, even though I thought I didn't want to. So that was a critical transformation for me. And that takes a long time to work through. I mean, there's this initial emotional crash where you feel like the whole world is coming at you. And there's this black cloud that I felt like I was living under, but I kept going to counseling. I went and went and went and went. I was faithful with it and things started to get better. And we eventually divorced because we realized we weren't compatible. Um, and that was okay. Had I not gone through that transformation and all of that counseling and really understood what codependency was, and how it affected my life and how I affected other people's lives in that space, I would have never been able to have the healthy relationship that I have with my husband, Steve. So it was a painful experience, but I, was, I will always be grateful that that happened to me because it changed my life so that I could have a very loving, mature, intimate relationship with this man who's really a prince in my life. So that's a wonderful thing. 
Thank you so much for sharing that, Dr. Aaron. We look forward to having you back in the next episode. In this week's podcast, we're also asking, why create an avatar? We'll be sharing our take on that subject. Years ago, I was carrying my daughter to college, going back and picking her up every weekend. It was about a six-hour drive, actually. We'd have these long conversations some rats, she would sleep. Some rats, we'd talk. For the most part, the main thing I wanted her to get was how to study, number one, which I had earned a scholarship. So I was, you know, wanting to make sure that she understood the process of gathering information and, and retaining it. But more than that, I wanted her to know what love is and how to get a good man. I devised a plan, <laughs> and I taught it to her on the trips to and from college. Years later, I took that same plan and wrote it down, it's in the book, and applied it to myself. But between that time, it seemed like I was always, always, always in the wrong relationship, kind of similar to Dr. Aaron's first marriage, I couldn't figure out why, you know, I ended up wanting to teach how to love to my partners, and they just didn't get it. It was always yelling and screaming and yelling and screaming. It's so important to develop your avatar. What do you think, Liz? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's really important to have a clear picture of what you're looking for in a person so that when you find it, you know with crystal clarity that this is the person for you. You know, people will say, well, I know I don't want this in a person and I don't want that in a person. And that's important to know too. But what's more important is to be crystal clear on what you're looking for. So you can seek it out more intentionally. And when we say avatar, at least when I say it, and I, I talk a lot with my clients about this, um, you want to be in a relationship where you're treating people the way you want to be treated. And having a good match makes that easier. Back then, when I was teaching my daughter how to get a good man, what, what to look for, and, and so on, it was really about creating a list, putting a list down of the qualities that you want in a person and bringing those qualities to the table yourself, but as well, knowing exactly what you want in a person. And when you have that, it's, it's like you're looking at an image through the inner person, you know, so we call that your avatar. Yeah, I, I encourage my clients who are in the dating scene to create this avatar in their mind's eye, but ideally in writing. Like, and when I say avatar, I mean, what kind of personality, you know, do you, do you value in another person and a partner? What, what do they look like? I mean, obviously, just having a general idea makes sense, but are they really tall or really short or, you know, what color skin and, you know, what's their background and how do they interact with their parents and what do they do for a career and how, what's their relationship like with money and with alcohol and drugs? What their spirituality? Is that important to you? Um, religion, you know, hobbies and interests and friends. Uh, what kind of car do they drive? Where do they live? 
What was their childhood like? The more nuanced you can get in this avatar, the clearer you're going to be about, wait, this person is really for sure not for me. So I, I'm not even going to send another message to them. But this person is starting to check a whole bunch of boxes. And so you move in that direction. So you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. If, if you have a 90 to 95% check list off mm-hmm. or check off list, mm-hmm. then you may be good. You know, you, if could, can you take that five to 10%? Is it going to irritate the daylights out of you? If it's going to irritate the daylights out of you, then maybe you need to move on. But before you get that far, before you even get there, get to know the person as a friend. I used to hear when I was younger, nobody should date their friend, but I think it's important. And, and maybe you, you may not want to know, use the word friend, but you don't want to say we're dating too early. You definitely don't want to do that because you're going to get locked in to something that you don't know what you're getting into. And I think it's important to know yourself, too. Like Dr. Aaron shared a terrific example of that where she got caught up in a marriage that probably mimicked in many ways the relationship she saw her parents go through. And until she did therapy and she devoted herself to the process, you know, only then was she a, in a mental state to find her current husband and they have a beautiful marriage. So it's important to be clear on what you're looking for, but also to know yourself well, understand your strengths and your challenges and address them the best that you can. You know, here's the thing that I wanna um, really bring to the forefront right now is, is, I think it's tradition or it's an unspoken process that people go through that that they think they should go through, but really should be taken off the list. You know, you can be in an environment or in a situation or an an exposure level of continuality. And what happens is you get to know that you like a person. Sometimes it happens in 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 a setting a nightclub or, or a coffee shop or something. You see a person two or three times and you go and you have a conversation with them. You don't know who that person is, but it starts to be a relationship. You start to feeling something. So you so you want to build into that as a relationship. And that that's before you started to get to know the person, before you've created a list and end up being the worst relationship you've ever been in. That's what's possible when that happens. So the importance of creating a list cannot be expressed enough. AKA avatar. (laughs) (laughs) So the importance of having that avatar before you go. And I would say this, this is what I told my daughter. Now don't laugh. (laughs) I said, Meet people, meet people, just be friends, know them six months, five years, get to know them. And what you'll find is there'll be one that will surface to the top. And that one has the desire to take good care of you. And when that happens, you know that person cares about your well-being. 
Now you're at a place where you can start having a conversation. Were you able to check your list and get to 90% of the things that you want in a person from that friend? If so, it could be time to start having a conversation about a relationship. You know, expectations for a relationship get people in trouble all day long. And I think it's really important to explore expectations in a long-term relationship, especially. So can you have too many expectations in a relationship? That's my question. What I believe happens more than not is people end up getting in a relationship and something will happen in that, re- in that relationship that teeds the other person off. It just ticked them straight off. And because they didn't have those expectation conversations, those conversations, they didn't know. They had no idea this was something that irritates the daylights out of you. So before that happens, intentionally, Liz and I spent about two years approximately. I mean, it, it wasn't like scientific study, but we spent approximately two years on purpose getting to know each other. We knew that we were going to take time to get to know each other. Well, it can only happen that way over time. You can't fully know a person until you go through time with them and have experiences with that person. It's the only way. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like the the, uh, kitchen thing that happened with us. Oh, that's a story. (laughs) Let me tell you about it. I remember when we first started cooking together and part of this might have been because we had a small kitchen but i would come in the kitchen and start trying to help out and you would back up and get get out of the way and leave the kitchen kind of tense up and over time i'm like what's happening here well actually what happened was i wasn't in the habit of having somebody in the kitchen and, you know, I spent five years living alone. You know, it's a long time to be alone. And I, when I was in a relationship, I did the cooking. So there was no need for nobody to be in the kitchen. I got used to being there by myself. And it felt good. I was happy and comfortable with that. People would come in, I'd invite them out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when you get used to being alone, you just want to be alone. You just want to fill your space to yourself. And when I got with you, it, it took some adjusting. Plus, you were a little jumpy. You, you were kind of still, I think, in shock. Your system, your nervous system might have still been kind of on edge. Like, when's the next shoe going to drop? Because you had been used to that for so many years. Yeah, yeah. I was always in relationships where there was screaming and shouting. And one relationship, I left water in the sink. And my word, good Lord. You could have thought I'd kill somebody. Wow. (laughs) So that explains it. I get it now. But I'm like, we got to work on this because I want us to be able to both be in the kitchen together at the same time. And you agreed to work on it. And now we were laughing about this the other day. We're like, our kitchen's bigger now, but that's not why (laughs) it's different. And let me tell you how it's different. It's almost like a dance in the kitchen. Like you kind of... We know each other well enough now that when you reach a certain way, if if I'm closer to that cupboard, I'll open it and hand you just what you need. And, you know, if I'm in the middle of something and you see I'm reaching for that thing, you'll grab it and hand it to me. And we kind of dance around each other. It's just really a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, just yesterday, actually, 
you was turning around and I went the other way. It was like you said, it was like a dance. Yeah. Yeah, we can predict each other because we know each other so well now, but it took time. That, that yeah. wasn't, you know, an overnight thing. That was yeah. a whole series of chain versations. And that wasn't just two years to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it took a while, but persistence pays. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you send us a message, click download true love, seven characteristics of true love. Download that document, and on the download, you'll have a space where you can say, I'd like to get the right person challenge. And you can just go to the challenge now, or you can send me a message, and i tell you what. If you send me a message, and I see that, I'll give it to you free. All right, how's that? Now, I am so happy to have had you with me on this show for... Since we started back up, it, it feels so good. And I think this is the right thing to do. I was going at it alone at first, and it, it was okay. But as we're going now, it really feels good. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Um, at the end, when, when we shut down, go look in the show notes. And there is a guy and his organization that shares so much and, you know, one, one of the things that I think you'll see is expectations can be anger waiting to happen. So you really need to get that in order. I mean, it's really a serious thing. A lot, of, Like I said, a lot of people just don't think about it. And we've done so much research over the years that it's just in order for us. You'll, you'll see it in the book. You're going to want to look at those journals and, and journal in it. Liz? Well, that guy is John Gottman of the Gottman, Gottman Institute. Institute. Yeah, he and his wife created a whole area of psychotherapy related to couples work. And they're, they're known around the globe, in fact, and are highly regarded. So do check out that link in the show notes, The Truth About Expectations in Relationships. There's another one as well that compares relationships you want to get those and be sure to build on what you know you can do it's been fun and this has been your, your case, case for, for love. love tune in next time for episode 14 when we will hear some more from dr aaron and we'll talk about feelings when i say love i'm talking about a latitudinal compassion a love attitude. This is true love. One, to feel the need to encourage and lift others up spiritually, psychologically, financially, in wisdom or action. Number two, the unchangeable aspiration that results in a commitment to behave in a lasting effort, to serve in ways that are good for, needed by, and in the best interest of the other person or persons. Number three, and oneself. Number four, it's altruism. Number five, it's compassionate, magnanimous behavior. Number six, the desire that converts to action to prepare oneself and one's situation to be of the best optimistic benefit for self and others. Number seven, it is the highest power.